Beyond, and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dorbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode six hundred and seventy-two. Uh, if you're only listening to the audio version, don't think that I'm currently on the toilet. Uh, I was trying to lift one-handed the PS5, and it is pretty heavy, so it was a little bit of a strain. But of course, I'm not just joined by the PS5 this week for this uh, wonderful episode of our weekly PlayStation show. Here, I'm also joined by Brian Altana. Hi, hi! That would you surprised me with that intro. <laughs> <laughs> also joined by Max Scoville. You got the freaking PlayStation Five. It's yeah, what here. the hell? Who cares if we're here? The PlayStation <laughs> Five is here. Well, we're it's also joined. PS Five. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll let it talk for silence for the next forty five minutes. Uh, no, but we are also joined this week. Thank you, Mitchell Saltzman, for joining us this week as well. Beyond and hello, I have a PS Five too. Hey, look at that! <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, we're sorry, sorry guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be. Is this bullying? This is bullying. Right? <laughs> I like how this is this is like cut right between like cool kids corner and then lame kids corner on the other side without a PS5. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's, it is a weird time because we're all still working from home. And I think normally when, you know, uh, new hardware used to come to the office, we'd all see it when it arrived in the mail. We'd all go over to a TV like by Pear's desk or something. We'd all, you know, kind of take a look. But right now we're all at home. So the PS5s uh, for IGN are all in certain respective homes at the moment based on uh, editorial coverage needs and everything. Um, but that won't stop us from talking quite a bit about it this week. Uh, Max and Brian, hopefully you guys have some questions on it that Mitchell and I can answer. I also... Like, uh, uh, where do you live and how often do you leave your door? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you my full address, my social security <laughs> number, and uh, my voting address, because apparently that'll help you. Um, but no, I also... Uh, we'll, we'll talk a bit about that. I also reached out to uh, everyone on Twitter for some questions from the community as well. For reference right now, as of the time of this episode going up, all we can talk about is the console itself and the form factor of it, uh, like the physical hardware. We can't talk about anything uh, of it being plugged into the TV, but we can talk about our impressions playing a level of Astro's Playroom and our impressions of the DualSense controller with that level. So uh, obviously I got a lot of questions about UI or other launch games or things like that. We can't discuss that now. Obviously, you know, there's still some time before the launch uh, of the system. on November Honestly, that's all, I, that's all I was really curious about is really like what it's like unplugged and then part of astro's player room. i wasn't really planning Perfect. to do much else with it you know you did just that in the media room yeah no that's it yeah did. yeah um so of course we're going to be talking about all of that and i i do uh, of course we'll also have some other playstation news to talk about because you know other than the playstation 5 coming out it's not quiet whatsoever uh things only get busier by the day but i do want to sort of start off of course with the ps5 and brian and max i kind of wanted to start off by throwing it to both of you and just uh you're gonna you know obviously mitchell and I talk about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna just toss it to you I wish, I wish I could just, uh, that sounds very dangerous that's yeah. exactly hold on. can you hold it up again this is the closest yeah. i've come to touching a yeah, that's right. <laughs> here you go it's off screen it's right there <laughs> It looks like you're holding a shield. <laughs> it is big. Yeah. That like I think it still looks good like in my home entertainment center, though I have limited places to put it. And uh, Brian and I have uh, recorded a convo about that. But yeah, this thing is not lightweight. I was joking with Brian before we had a convo that basically like you could do like bicep curls with this thing. And if you haven't <laughs> like it's it's got a few pounds on it. It is not uh, lightweight. I feel Honestly, like it's it's a reverse ice cream sandwich with like the vanilla on the outside and the cookie in the middle. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but from like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when they got really small <laughs> and running around the backyard. Um, yeah, I mean, so like it's 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 here. Like I think my first question is, um, how does the sort of build quality of it feel? Like, does it feel like I I know that like there are already companies that are selling like third party faceplates that you can pop in and out like. When you hold it, does it feel wobbly or wiggly? Does it feel sturdy? Like, does your do your fingerprints show up on it? Mitchell, do you want to take this one first? As uh, I see what happens as I move it around, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I I'm so scared because I got <laughs> this thing early and like I signed all kinds of very scary NDAs and like you know all kinds of very scary documents where if I if I mess up this this thing, I'm gonna be my. I won't, there won't be anything left of me for my wife. <laughs> uh, it's just very, it's it just, it's very scary. Um, but yeah, so I'm a little scared to get a little too, you know, handsy with it, but uh, it, it feels, obviously it feels sturdy. It's very heavy. It's very hefty. Um, the face plates, the, 
they they like they edge off of the the main console so like i'm scared of like sometimes like accidentally like smacking them and like dislodging it but you know i guess that's kind of the way it's meant to be because they're replaceable right um but yeah, yeah I, I no go ahead jonathan i was gonna say i feel like yeah you definitely notice and it's towards the the top of the console uh where it sort of fans out it the build quality of the faceplates definitely does feel like sturdy and strong and they do feel like solid material but i i do have that same hesitance of like I don't know if I came at this thing with enough force, would that just kind of snap off? That does worry me, but I don't know how often I'm going to be like body checking my TV. I heard there's a whole, there's a whole mini game in Astro's playroom where you have to run up and smack the side of the PS five as hard as you can. You can (laughs) knock the face pants off. That's where the haptics are. Yeah. It's all inside. (laughs) That's when Astro has to go on timeout. He's not allowed to play room anymore. Now that you guys have it in hand, do you like, do you feel like, um, like you swapping face plates will be something you'll want to do in the future? Um, for me, probably only because it's, you know, it's, it looks weird with just this white console that's in my entertainment center with all these other black consoles. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is that it, I don't know, maybe this is just a me problem, a Mitchell problem, but my apartment gets very dusty and that dust collects on the, on the PlayStation five very quickly. And like, if it's a, a black mat, you know, a black shiny console, usually you can't see the dust all that well, but on a, a white console, it's very, very clear and it kind of bothers me a little bit. So I'm constantly like going over and, and like, you know, <laughs> rubbing it down with a cloth or something. I, uh, I, so I have that same thing of just like, it's a new piece of hardware and I kind of want to keep it in as pristine condition as possible. So I have been like several times a day going over and checking like dust. Is it okay? Like, I was going to mm. ask about that. Um, so the whole point of being able to pop the wings face plates off is so that you can basically go inside and vacuum it out and keep that, that fan clean. Have you have you done that? I mean, I imagine it's it's too soon to properly accumulate a bunch of crap inside there. But like, right. were you to need to do that? Is it is it a process or is it like fairly, fairly simple? Yeah, so I haven't tried to do it. Mitchell, you can let me know if you have. But at least like based on that um, hardware breakdown, it seemed pretty simple to at least snap them off. I, I haven't tried again because it is like the we're in this early access period and I don't want to, you know, mess with the system in any way uh, that could jeopardize that. I mean, you but... were doing bicep curls with it a minute True. ago. So, yeah, know. so who, who cares? <laughs> um, but it, it is one of those things where I, it seems like a simple enough process. And I think like to answer both your and Brian's questions, like um it seems both simple and that like if you want to get a replacement uh, of a different art style like i would probably be down to uh commission an artist to make some custom face plates for me at this point yeah and i also i haven't really messed with taking off the, the face plates uh it, it just the only time i touch my ps4 is if i if i want to turn it on i can't find my controller <laughs> right right or ps5 um, sorry so what about like in terms of does it feel like it gets hot does it get loud like does it, like that stuff that was obviously kind of an issue last gen uh i imagine the size of this thing is to help circumvent that like i imagine it's at least 70 to 90 percent internal fans right <laughs> <laughs> i think that feels like a, a good rough estimate and so yeah i can only we can only discuss it in terms of like playing that astros level but at least like uh-huh. in playing that cooling springs level never heard a second of it and it's very funny to be playing a game on it turn it off go back to my ps4 and try to load up netflix and it's just the vacuum starts up and the the fans of the ps4 pro kick in there is such a loud noise there obviously this is like day one it's a pack and launch game it's probably not you know doing the same as the last of us part two is doing to the ps4 pro uh in terms of making the hardware work but at least like day one uh, it it gets like slightly warm when I turn it off, but it's not really noticeable or worrying in any way. And um, it, like I said, it's been super quiet. So wait, wait, back up, back up. The, yeah. the Astro's level is called Cooling Springs. Cooling, cooling Springs. Springs. Yes. So they made a level about ventilation. Like you're, you're in the PS5. <laughs> oh the, the setup of Astro's Playroom <laughs> is that you're inside. And so the Cooling Springs is it, it kicks you out onto a beach at first, but it's like there are the cooling fans in the background on this big sort of like monolithic uh building that you have to go toward wait for real yeah yeah it's it's every i mean i I guess we shouldn't talk about any of the other levels but yeah (laughs) astro's playroom is about being inside the playstation 5 in a very like fun and clever way that is so cool in the in the same way that astro bot rescue mission was very much about being like you're playing something that's related to the psvr headset this is very much you're playing something related to the ps5 in the dual sense and so when you go into cooling springs it's like Here's the beach that kicks out to where the cooling fans are, and everything is very much like t- the tech internals of what you assume the inside of the PS5 looks like. Or if you watch the teardown video, that's like it- it's a mix of like real naturalistic environments 
and tech just kind of like melded together in a really cutesy way. I was going to make a joke that like, it seems pretty quiet now, but what if I, after I take it to the beach like eight or nine times, is it, does it seem like it's probably going to get loud if I get sand, a bunch of hermit crabs and stuff in there, like my <laughs> PS4. <laughs> but apparently they encourage you to take the PS5 to the beach, the worst it, place for a fan. The beach is built in <laughs> to your PS5. Okay, yeah. Hermit was, crabs were a huge prevailing issue on PS4, so I'm happy to see true. that they've It's very true. That. Yeah. Every PS4 has at least 20, 30 hermit crabs living in it at any given moment. Even if you're landlocked, they just somehow make their way mm-hmm. to you. It's kind of crazy. Or one large one, depending on how big <laughs> they want to fit into the shell. Would um, you rather fight 20 small hermit crabs or one large hermit crab? <laughs> um, and how about the, the sort of experience of unboxing it? Uh, it's it, did, did it feel special and monumentous was it like was the packaging interesting and cool like i i've actually like specifically no no offense i haven't watched any of your coverage on this because i don't want to get spoiled like i want this i want this to be special for me uh i just want to say watch destin legary's unboxing of the ps5 for just the slowest most loving (laughs) lovingliest (laughs) caressing of the box of of the the playstation 5 as he opens it he puts uh, dexter gloves on oh it's it's incredible um but yeah i think without spoiling too much of the experience i would say it's pretty familiar to other playstation packaging in that it's pretty minimal and um it feels like it kind of wants the the console itself to be your focus and less so the packaging, um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing because at the end of the day, I'm probably going to throw out everything that's inside the box for my you better version. not throw out that, that PlayStation wrapping paper. Oh, the PlayStation wrapping paper that came in the, the shipments for this. Yeah, that's staying with me for a while. But, it also um, came with like these these annoying like black straw, like paper pa- uh, paper strips or whatever. And oh, yeah, it the packing. spilled all out over my apartment. It was just, <laughs> it made me very upset that. Oh, just, just put your, uh, put your PS5 down next to it. And the, the ultimate power of that gaming fan will just suck it right up in there. <laughs> it's and gonna back, yeah. beach. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd say, and again, not to like spoil the experience for you since you haven't watched anything. I, I will say like, go watch Destin's video. If you do want to see it at home, like that'll give you the best sense of it. But it, it does really, I think I, it feels like they don't want you to focus on the packaging that much to the extent that the packaging isn't like crazy notable. It's about sort of what I expected from the PS4 box. It's like well put together and very simple and easy to access everything uh, once you open it up. So like you shouldn't have a problem finding all the cables and everything you need. Um, but once it's kind of out of the box, it's it, like the focus is on it. And I think rightly so. Is there is there anything in there that feels like notice aside from the you know, the new the new video game console as far as like, you know, cables and accessories and just random doodads that come packed in there. Is there anything that sticks out as being like, oh, this is new. This is exciting. Uh, I, th- I don't know about exciting, but the stand was something that confused the heck out of me. Uh, when I, when I first got I, I took it out of the box, put it just on my my entertainment center. It was like it was sta- it was standing straight, but it was, there was no support. It was like lopsided. And if I put it was like a seesaw almost. If I pushed down, it would go down. I'm like, I didn't watch the teardown, so I had no idea that you need the stand if you wanted to uh, to have yeah. it sit horizontally. And so that was <laughs> that was something that I had to actually figure out. So I encourage anyone before you get your PS5, watch that teardown video or read the instructions because it's very strange. It's very unintuitive to uh to deal with that stand, I think. And yeah, to- I, I would say for Sorry, I was just going to say real quick for yeah. like in, in terms of like surprising for the packaging. Yeah, I think the stand is one thing in terms of like, I think it's pretty well um, smartly made. It is just one of those things like if you don't know how to operate it, it's going to confuse you because essentially you can twist it to find the hidden uh, screw that you need to be able to put it into place. But other than that, like the the genuine biggest moment for me, even almost more so than the console, because like I've seen a lot of shots of the console was just like getting to hold the dual sense like that's one of the first things you see in the box and it is being able to like get that and be like oh this is the brand new controller i'm going to conceivably be using for the next seven years can i uh can i can i touch it <laughs> yeah here you go hold on max do you want one too <laughs> that's, that's anyway. no other way <laughs> this is like there, oh, there wow <laughs> yeah do you, do you feel that I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it to be flocked and velveteen feeling that's odd yeah <laughs> I'm gonna if, I, if i reach far enough if i can steal it through a dimensional portal <laughs> um, i wish you had a fake one with you it would have been so- really really quickly back to the uh the fan you have to uh, not the fan the uh the stand you have to install that with a screwdriver right yeah uh, i i just used a, a penny <laughs> it, the, yeah. the little little thing is is big enough to just use a penny and screw it on 
Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty large screw. So if you don't have like a specific size screwdriver, a a coin will work. But yeah, it's basically I have it uncapped because I was just messing with it beforehand. But there's like normally there's a little cap on the bottom that you just pop off really easily and then you align the stand and then screw it in. It's really simple. And it's one of those things like, yes, if you want to change it from horizontal to vertical, you have to do that instead of just turning it on its side. But I also don't know how often I'm going to be doing that. So, right. Right. Yeah, and just just a clarification. When I say that it was unintuitive, like it's not you know oh, rocket right. science. It's yeah. not something that like I I really struggled to figure out. It was just you know I never really I've never had a situation where I needed to use a stand in order to have a sit and, uh, sit a certain way. So it, it was it just took a little bit of figuring out. But you know once it, once I did, obviously it looks great. I'm happy with it. That's actually day one of rocket science school. Is can you use a penny to turn a screw? And a lot of people, eighty <laughs> percent of people fall right out. um but anyway yeah so i think that's pretty much like all we can say when it comes to uh the hardware itself again we can't talk about it plugged in yet we'll get there but we can't for now but we can talk about at least playing with astros and i do i at least really want to touch on the dual sense stuff and mitchell we haven't really talked about it so i'm curious to hear your thoughts Uh, i wrote a full preview mitchell helped capture the gameplay for me thank you for that and we did a a video preview as well uh that pat on our video team cut uh, and it came out really well but essentially uh you play through Cooling Springs, which is sort of segmented segmented into four different levels. There's no loading whatsoever, like it is all one seamless area. Um, but there's four levels. Two of them are more in a 2D view, and the others are sort of like 3D little playground areas that you explore and collect things in. Um, if you've played Astrobot, he the Astrobot still plays the same, it has like the punch, the whirlwind attack, and then like a little hover that has uh sort of like laser beams come out from his feet. That's pretty much his moveset he can uh for the side scrolling levels he dons a costume of a a frog robot that you use to jump from side to side that we can get into but other than that it's pretty much kind of about like exploring the environment finding secret puzzle pieces collecting coins bashing enemies there's a ton of easter eggs too that i don't want to spoil but um it's i really enjoyed it. it it's one of those things where it's like this is designed to show off the dual sense and designed to show you what this thing can do and be a fun toy right out of the box. And I think at least with this level, it's accomplishing that. Like it's, it very, it felt very much like a Nintendo pack in like Wii sports. I don't think it's like on the level of Wii sports, but it's something like that where it's like, here's what this can do. And here's the fun that we are able to discover in it from day one. Um, and you get, it starts to get the wheels turning of what can really work with this. And I, I really liked that. Yeah. Um... You know, I think one of the things that's talked about a lot is the haptic feedback. One of the things that is not talked about as much is also the speaker that's on the controller. And, you know, the PS4 obviously obviously had a speaker as well. But, you know, this is the dual sense, obviously, two, you know, two senses. Uh, it, they, they go hand in hand. Uh, the, the speaker goes with the haptic feedback in such a really cool way. Like when you're yeah. shuffling through the sand, you hear, you know, you hear it in the the controller speaker but you also feel that shuffle and it just it completely changes the experience of controlling the game like i was watching i was watching the footage i captured and i was like man playing through this felt completely different because i i felt you know when i was skating i feel like this little tiny uh you know scratchy feeling in my in my hands and also i hear it and you know when you're just watching it it just looks like a, a normal kind of you know skating game yeah. um it's um it's one of those funny things where I, I think I said this in my preview, but like you could conceivably beat this whole game without the dual shot, the dual sense, like it all would play like you could do the jumps, you could attack the enemies, whatever. But like Mitchell is saying, the the combination of those two things is like, I can't understate it is the thing that like tricked my brain most often to being like, oh, my Astrobot is in the water or like you were saying, my Astrobot is skating or is in the sand. It really it's that combination that really like drives that stuff home in such a great yeah. way. That's uh, so awesome. I I really hope that this is something that like developers really stick with um and doesn't just disappear after a couple of years or even a year because it sounds really cool and it also sounds like one of those things that like you want to read about when you're reading a game review or you want to see on the back of the box or like like really cool features that you no won't necessarily understand until you're playing it yourself. Um I think that's <laughs> like it's a, a little a little detail that could like make me pick playing a game on ps5 versus the series x like if it's if it's really pronounced enough yeah and i think that's that's the the big question is how much 
how many of the features of the controllers or the controller will developers really tap into? Because, you know, this is a game made specifically to show off the controller and all the unique features of the PS5. So my my big question is whether all these features will be in other Sony first party games, if they'll be in other just third party games will like how how much of the controller's unique features will developers really play into um because it's really really cool in in uh astro's playroom but you have to consider that this is a game made specifically to show off these features right so, i don't yeah, know yeah. jonathan it, if you felt the same way i i totally am there with you and it, it is one of those things i i do think it's worth mentioning especially um because it's it's been something that we've been trying to talk about more but also the industry i think is trying to talk about more obviously all of these uh, new features are something that uh, come obviously with the ability to be able to hold the controller this way and to feel those things and to hear those things and to see those things. And so I, I definitely think there is that balance where developers can't necessarily make it integral or make a game unplayable by forcing you to use those things, because then it, it prevents a bit of the player base from being able to play it um, for anyone who doesn't have sight or hearing or any of those things um, and wants to play some of these games. So there is definitely a, a drawback to that that i could see maybe developers being like well then what's the point whatsoever but i do think for those who can experience it 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 does really give a, a different sensation to playing the game that like mitchell was saying it is very different from just watching the astros playroom footage in the preview uh that mitchell captured versus playing through the level like playing through the level only took me maybe like a half hour but it it felt like a pretty big substantive experience and i think part of that came down to feeling all the different terrain or like in those 2d sections you're a your metal robot costume the you kind of almost feel the like spring of the metal because of the crinkle that's also coming through the speaker as it's like twisting and turning like that stuff is so evocative in a way to draw you in i think it's a really cool additive tool set but i do think it is something that developers are gonna have to keep using or it's, it's gonna go away yeah, yeah, and the the adaptive triggers are also really cool when you when it comes to that spring section that Jonathan was mentioned because uh when you are in that spring the tension of the of the right trigger button changes like you have to use more force to hold down the the button so that you you know you bring the springs all the way down so that they can jump. Uh and it just feels really really cool. And then once you're out of that it's back to normal. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean that's honestly it's very Nintendo, honestly. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it feels like the kind of stuff they were doing with HD Rumble and the 3DS. Yeah. Um, a lot of which they sort of sunsetted over time. Like it's weird because like at at launch, consoles are very different than they are later on. Like we, when the Xbox One launched, I was yelling at my television. You know, not because I was mad at it, but because that <laughs> next was constantly forcing me to do. Um, and then eventually they didn't make that a mandatory part of the process. And with the DualShock 4, obviously there was like the light bar that I remember early on Beyond fans were sending us stickers to cover ours up because it became so distracting. Um, and then also the the touchpad stuff that, you know, kind of got sunsetted. Vita did a lot of the same stuff. And so I really hope this sticks because it sounds super cool. Like, I really hope that this is something that people really utilize and take advantage of like especially for you know racing games open world games like stuff with heavy combat like platformers like so much of that about like running over different terrain and having that different sort of haptic feedback coming uh, visually you know audio wise you know in your on your fingertips like there's something really really special about that and i think that's what's going to sort of differentiate what playstation's doing from what some of the competitors are doing so i hope you i hope it, i hope it sticks yeah, I mean, it sounds it sounds toyetic. It sounds like an action feature. And like I somebody got somebody scolded us for saying things were gimmicky. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like it's a it is a bell and or whistle that makes this new machine more exciting in like a very, you know, immediately graspable way, like as like as important as a, you know, solid state hard drive that revolutionizes loading speeds and how games are made is going to have like, you know, much more mileage in terms of how games utilize it. It's still like immediately exciting to be like the controller feels different. Like that immediately kind of hits you over the head with like what this is doing. And it's, I don't know. I hope that we, you know, maybe it doesn't become standard issue for every game to utilize it in interesting ways, but it would be kind of cool if we got like a slew of weird little indie games that specifically were like, yeah, this is a game about um, you're in a dark room and you got to figure out what you're walking on by the way the <laughs> controller vibrates or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 
sorry, I was just gonna say, like, I'm really excited to see, and I think for, at least for the first couple of years, like, first party is gonna make really good use of it. Like, I can't wait to see right. what Insomniac does with Ratchet and Clank, especially because that game is known for having such a wild, wacky group of weapons for you to play with. So I'm, I'm sure they will figure out some cool uses. Well, like but the, yeah. the, the namesake Ratchet and Clank are both two things you can <laughs> totally like take advantage of with haptics and like weird little yeah. sound effects. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just imagine like sucking someone up in like a vacuum gun and then feeling like them shaking around your controller. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and like we've, we've talked a lot about like um, the, bringing last gen games to current gen with PS, or PS4 games to PS5. I wonder if there's going to be room for developers to patch and stuff like that. Like, you know, if like you'll feel some crunch when you throw an axe at somebody's face in God of War. <laughs> like, it, it, I feel like there's an opportunity there, but um, yeah. Um, especially depending on like the right resources. If a studio is working on a PS5 game, it's a good way to like test their uh ideas out maybe by like hey we patched this game from a year ago here feel free to try it on ps5 this way um mm-hmm. but but speaking to the the vibrations every and everything i did want to bring in some of the questions from the community uh, millennium molly said how big is the difference between the ps4 controller and dual sense as far as the feel with vibrations and does it increase immersion so I, th- I think we spoke to that second question but i just want to say like in terms of the vibrations playing that level what really impressed me was like the scale of the vibration because like when you're in the water it's a very like it's it's not like choppy waters you're in a pretty static it's very subtle so yeah yeah it's pretty smooth and subtle then but then you walk pretty closely up the beach there's a sandstorm that you can walk through and it's like it's pushing against you not in the way that you can't play but it's like rather than there being i don't know like objects for me to jump astro over it's more just about like feeling like i'm pushing through it because of the way the controller is responding back to me and it's on a much different level than while you're skating on the ice or while you're in the water yeah and there's there's a couple of different points i think in the level where like you're you're being pushed against a, a like a current of air uh the first one is the sandstorm and i think there's another part where it's just like just a straight up fan and those feel different they feel distinct and again i'm not sure if it's because of the the haptic feedback or if if it's the the sound that's coming from the controller but they feel distinct and that's something that's really really cool yeah, it, it, it's definitely impressive, I think, just within this one level, um, how much you can sense the difference of those things. I did want to find, I forget who asked the question, I've lost it now, but someone was sort of asking about all the uses of the DualSense, and I will say, um, the only thing that I, I didn't really like love about the DualSense, and I think it's, I think I've never really loved when it comes to controls, is the microphone here you use it to blow on a fan that causes a platform to move and like it's fine but it's literally what i did with the ds on day one with that system so like it didn't really do anything new i think the microphone is going to be really handy when you can do like text-to-speech chat when you're trying to get something in the playstation store or like uses like that but in terms of like playing through the level that was the the use of it that was there primarily and it was like okay i have to do this because i have to but it, it 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 was nowhere near the other level of the other stuff. And the other stuff was so good that it almost made me feel like, eh, we could have skipped this. There was a, obviously this won't be a problem for a number of reasons in 2020. And also because the PS5 is importable, but I specifically remember playing like Nintendo DS games that relied on that and being on a plane or a train. And they were just so loud that the microphone was just constantly like, and like <laughs> any, any kind of input you had to do, it didn't know how to react to it. So that's funny. Yeah, I, that's the thing I hope people don't take advantage of because I hate that. That's stupid. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the one thing I hope that comes of the microphone in the PlayStation 5 controller is Among Us on PS5. Please put Among Ooh. Us on PS5. Please, please, please. Very good call. <laughs> um, I, just to grab another couple questions from the audience as well. Uh, I, I think we can talk about this roughly within the, the sense of uh playing astros but let me know mitchell if you feel differently yeah. uh, K- casey asked can you talk about the battery life on the dual sense because obviously this is a big problem with dual shock 4 and we can't say like you know how long we've been playing astros playroom and any of the other levels of it like we can't really speak to that but i can say like so far my experience with the dual sense and playing it is like it's held up pretty well um i, I don't think we can give specifics on time but it is definitely better than the dual shock 4 so far yeah, it hasn't it hasn't really struck me as an issue so far. And like I have, I've definitely had it, you know, run into the the last bar of, of battery life. Um, but yeah, I, I, I haven't had any any outstanding issues with battery life. 
Yeah. Um, a, a lot of the questions we got were very specific about like how revolutionary does it feel? And I, I said this in my review and Mitchell, let me know how you feel overall. But it, for me, it's like, I, I don't know if it will be a revolution because like we said, it will be up to devs to use it. There's obviously reasons to avoid using it to dramatically be like the way you have to play and a lot of those things. But I do think it is like a really fun, smart evolution of how we control things and i think mitchell you nailed it in terms of like the combination of the senses it can now play with is so smart and so fun that i hope that's what we see get taken advantage of because that that i feel like is where we're going to get the really exciting experiences yeah I, i don't see this as a revolution but uh definitely something that developers can use to to enhance certain aspects of their games as we've seen in in astro's playroom uh it's just really a matter of of how well developers put it to use yeah absolutely uh brian and max any other uh questions before we move on since there actually is a bit of uh, other playstation news to talk about how long is the cord for the controller oh six or seven inches (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh reasonable enough that i almost reached my couch i think it's okay. a it's just I mean, usb usb c right to USB-C. yeah it's a standard usb c cable <laughs> so any usb c you have will you function with that basically and yeah so you're, you're probably pretty good there if you have a longer usb c or any sort of uh extension for it i'm so yeah. scared i'm so scared of like frying the battery with some weird third-party usb c that i don't that's oh, right. fair. That's yeah, the right I, thing. So I, I do definitely think at the start of this, you know, I, I saw some people sort of respond to Tom talked about uh, SSD stuff uh, a few weeks ago, and we were just talking casually about it. So he wasn't specifying, but you know, he and I have talked about this a lot. Like, obviously, some a lot of these things are going to be what works best with the system and like on the ssd side it's like things that are compatible and work on the same speed level as the internal ssd is what you're going to want to get not something that could not run as well and you you may be out of luck with like hundred dollar spend like definitely i think at the start of this generation if you're getting one at launch be careful about what non first party accessories you're using with this thing uh, especially from the jump until we and other people have tested that stuff yeah but uh, yeah, uh, anyway, moving on, because there is a lot of other PlayStation stuff to talk about. Uh, I did want to mention, speaking of uh, looking forward to the PlayStation launch, uh, Destruction All-Stars is no longer a launch game. We were expecting this to be uh, one of the PS5 exclusives at launch. Uh, Sony first party co-developed and published um, with Lucid Games and XDev Europe. Uh, no longer coming at launch. It is now tentatively scheduled for some time in February. But the good news about that is it will be available as a PlayStation Plus game for its first two months. So presumably either February and March or like February into maybe early April or something, whenever it comes out, you'll be able to get uh, Destruction All-Stars if you're a PlayStation Plus member and then own it for as long as you are. And a PlayStation Plus subscription is, I think, $60 a year. So if you were thinking of buying Destruction All-Stars and you don't have PS Plus, just subscribe and you're paying less than the full price of that game because it is a full $70 price game. Right. Um, but uh, Brian, I'm, I wanted to start with you. What, what did you think about this decision? Uh, I think it was the right call. Really, oh, yeah. 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 Abs- absolute best possible news. I, I, I believe we sort of uh, we might have even like theorized as much a few weeks ago on the show. I remember specifically talking about how this one didn't really stand a chance at launch, especially at a $70 MSRP like that seemed really steep all these games seem steep but if you're going head to head with demon souls and spider-man and and a game that's already built in on the system um at, like th- this didn't stand a chance and i think this this moves it into potential rocket league territory mm-hmm. right where you are now launching to an audience of millions of people um and it's a multiplayer game and so you need that like o- otherwise this thing would have been dead in the water like you they would have had to shut down the servers by February. And now instead it's going to have this, you know, we're all going to get through all the launch games. There's going to be that lull. And then there's going to be this game. They're all going to check out at the same time, you know, for free air quotes. Um, And so, yeah, that's the smartest thing they possibly could have done. It's bizarre to see a game get delayed a week and a half from launch. Like that's crazy to me, but you know, yeah, this is the shortest turnaround, I think, to a, a launch date that I've seen a delay uh, of this case. Of course, we'll get to another delay in a second. But uh, Max, I know you were uh, sort of nodding along in agreement. This feels yeah. like the right call in your mind. I mean, this game looks like a cross between Fortnite and Rocket League, both of which have massive player bases on the sheer nature that they launched and free to play in some sense. Uh, I think it's super smart. Also, like, again, like I think by February, uh, assuming 
I, like I have no idea what's supposed to come out in February at this point, but I think there's probably going to be something of a lull in terms of games to play. And if they time it right, that could be one of those games that just blows up with everybody who has a PS5. Like that's that would be great. I, I'm also like I was um, I think this game looks cool. Like, I don't know if I'd super get into it, but I want to check it out. And if it were to drop alongside Spider-Man and Demon's Souls and a bunch of other stuff, I probably would have just passed on it and then, you know, felt like I missed the bus on it. So. Yeah, in, a, in an already busy November outside of the games coming at launch of these consoles, just like all the third party stuff, it I, I think it was only being done a disservice by coming out at this time. And uh, it, she's not on the show this time, but I think Janet made the really good point that because I think some people have balked at like, why is it $70? Why isn't it free to start and or like a, a budget price game just because it is a multiplayer focused game you want to get an audience in? And I think she made the good point that like, well, if they're trying to make $70 the thing at launch to then offer one of those, the, you know, first party exclusive PS5 only games at 40 or 30 bucks would then start to confuse the audience maybe or make people question why they're paying 70 at, at launch. So I, I think all around, uh, this is probably the best call. Mitchell, did you have any interest in this as like a, a launch game to look forward to? Or are you like, does it seem in the wheelhouse of games you want to play? Um, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, you know, this game has so many things stacked against it. It's a full $70. It's a new IP. It's from an, like a un, pretty much unproven developer. And it's stacked against a very like impressive launch lineup of really good games. So, you know, there's just so much time I can I can really give to to any given game at this point with all all the different things I have to do during this launch period. Um, so I think this is absolutely the right call to push it back to February and put it uh, as part of uh, PlayStation Plus. It's it like you said, it's it's the Rocket League kind of situation where you know rocket league kind of came out of out of nowhere it was free on playstation plus at launch and it got an audience because of that fact and you know it was able to come out of that free period and become a massive success because of the fact that you know there was such a, a low barrier of entry to it and people can just you know pick it up for free play it with friends have you know tell friends about it have them pick it up and it just kind of you know took off from there. So I think the, the, the same thing can, the same kind of thing can happen with destruction all-stars, assuming, you know, it's of the same or a similar quality as, as uh, rocket league. It'll definitely need to be there. I think we've talked a lot about like the, the rocket league and the fall guys of it all. And if it can reach those heights, it'll be great for that game. But of course the gameplay has to be there. And we also just haven't seen that much. Like I, I saw a lot of people responding and like, Oh, I didn't know this would be there day one. Like a lot of, they just really haven't done, I think, a great job of showing a ton of that game. Uh, we've seen very little actual gameplay. And so I think this also gives them time to show what a full match looks like, show, you know, the different customization options you can do, show a lot more of the game. So I think this will only end up a better case uh, for that game in the end. I'm excited to jump in in February, like we were saying, usually at the beginning of the year, there can be some lulls in February, uh, January sometimes. Probably a fun game to have then. Uh, anyway, I do want to move on, though, to another delay story, because uh, earlier today, before we started recording, for the fourth time this year, Cyberpunk 2077 has a new release date. Uh, it is no longer coming November 19th, I think was the date, uh, and is now coming December 10th, which is a roughly, I believe, 21-day delay. Uh, I'm going to pull up the full statement, so if anyone has some initial thoughts on it, please go ahead. As I, I want to apologize. I take full credit. I did this. I jinxed it again. I do that that monthly, like biggest games of the month video, and I finished the script <laughs> last night at 5 o'clock, and the whole script was basically like, hey, Cyberpunk's finally here. What were you doing when Cyberpunk was first announced? I can't believe it's finally out. We finally get to play Cyberpunk, and then first thing this morning, they F-word delayed it again, and so I had to go in and change the whole script, and <laughs> Jeepers Creepers. Good Lord. I, um, yeah. Weird weird thing here is apparently the uh, staff found out as the same time as the public, a, a, a public notice went out on social media as the same exact time as an internal email blast. And so if you were surprised as a consumer um, thinking that you were at the finish line to something you were looking forward to, Imagine working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is not the way you want to find out about a thing you're working on. Um, I, I will say just to pull, I think the most uh, salient point from the uh, apology, which comes uh, again on a black text on a yellow background, which is not great to look at in all honesty. I That's how they send it. emails at CD Projekt Red, actually. It's a lot. Uh, anyway, 
the biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it. Xbox One and X, compatibility on Xbox Series S and X, PS4 and PS4 Pro, compatibility on PS5, PC, and Stadia while working from home. Uh, Aside from that, there's also the fact that they're working at some point on PS5 and Xbox Series native versions that we'll be able to free upgrade to. So those are also somewhere in the pipeline. But for launch, nine versions of the game were being worked on. Since (laughs) since Cyberpunk 2077 evolved towards almost being a next-gen title, somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 Days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Um, Again, this is 21 Days, uh, you know, a few weeks. It is something that we we do have to, of course, say there. This is a a game that has been discussed a lot, especially within the context of the team having to uh, deal with crunch on this game. And so... Um, you know, the hope is always that the more time would mean less crunch, but there have been reports that the delays have only meant more sustained crunch. And so obviously we don't know what's happening here. Our, our thoughts are with the devs are for only having more weeks of work before the launch look ahead of, uh, obviously these days, a game launching doesn't mean it's done by any stretch of the imagination. So they were going to keep doing stuff after launch, but obviously this is a more concerted push. I think for me, the, the part that stands out from the statement though, is that the since it evolved toward almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, which makes me feel very much so that like the current-gen version is the problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wish they had shamed exactly which current-gen version. Like if they were like, <laughs> it's it's you, PS4, or like, keep up the, pick up the pace, Xbox One, <laughs> launch <laughs> like, edition. The One X and the Pro, it's doing okay. But yeah, that yeah. PS4, just, it, uh, it's a, a single frame. It's got to be, it's got to be one of those... <laughs> old loud tugboats things have been trucking for like a decade now it's gotta be one of those two what if they had just said hey it's not it doesn't work on those systems yeah that would be that would make sense wouldn't it like that would totally like i don't you know all due respect to everybody who's got like launch hardware but like look at this look at this game you know like it's i also like it totally hit me um i've gotten so in the mindset that this is a next gen game that i like i went on amazon the other day or something and i was like wait, am I crazy? And I was like, oh, they straight up, there's no, there's no PS4 version yet. Cause I just, I mean, they announced it like alongside series X stuff. I just assumed that, oh yeah, no, this is going to be front and center, a next gen title. And it's like, oh, you mean no, no PS5 version yet. PS5 series X, whatever. Like they they don't have, like, it's going to run on next gen hardware. It's going to take advantage of it in some way. But like, I completely just gaslit myself into thinking that there were going to be those day one. Yeah, the, yep. those don't come till 2021 at some point, some like indeterminate point. And so, yeah, it is that weird thing of, well, anyone who has a, a next-gen console will probably be playing it, the backward compatible version on the next-gen hardware, which of course won't run nearly as well probably as the PC on high-end specs and everything. And so like, obviously PC high-end, this this game is built to take advantage of the best hardware it can. And so it is no surprise that those lower-end hardware that is almost a decade old is holding this back. It's kind of crazy. I do wonder also what complications Stadia brings into it, if anything, because uh, that is also day one as well. I hope but... we can just blame them for all this. No, <laughs> no offense, Stadia. No, what, like, it, Max, you're totally right. Like, it, this, it kind of sucks to be like, this is one of the biggest games of the year. It's launching or was launching basically alongside the exact window of the two next-gen consoles. But the version we're playing on next-gen consoles, these big, beautiful new machines is like a version that's going to run on something that launched seven years ago, whereas PC gamers are going to be able to maximize this thing on day one. So this game was, this game was announced over a year before the PS4 even launched. Like it was actually about a year. And they first talked about this on May 29th, 2012. And then, yeah. So like, so I, it was next gen hardware at the time that they yeah. had to get it on. And now it's, that is true. Yeah. It, it's a very weird place to be. Sorry, Mitchell, were you going to say something? Uh, I, was, I was just saying, uh, I was just going to say, I imagine CD Projekt Red as like this anime character that's like, that like absorbs power. It's like, yes, more, more power, more, more. Wait, wait, no, too much. I, I'm good. No, no. And they've just gotten to this point where they're, they've taken on so much more than what they can actually do. And they, they're, ne- they're now forced to make all these horrible decisions like, mm-hmm. you know, mandatory crunch uh you know delay delay after delay after delay uh so like there's a there's a part of me that feels bad for for cd project red that they've they put themselves in this position but also it feels like they've put themselves in this position right and you know they they 
at some point, maybe three, four, five months ago, they should have been able to see this this down the down the line and adjusted for it. Yeah, well, I, I, and I definitely think it's fair to say, like when we're talking about they, because it is this complex crunch issue. It's definitely the like the people who are in charge of the project and and steering these decisions along, and probably could have seen some of the bottlenecking that would occur here. It also, at least for me, creates the cynical thought that is that the release date? Like, is it going right. to get pushed again? I like what's to stop it at that point? They've missed Black Friday. They're out of the console launch week. It's is December 10th really the best time to launch this game? I mean, it'll do well whenever it launches, but they're out of, of, they're out of game awards uh, eligibility. Like yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot there. It's also, I think this is symbolic of what we're going to see over the next two years from almost every major cross-generational developer. Like this is not, this is definitely something they took on, but this is a problem that a lot of companies and a lot of publishers are going to have to deal with head on as, and this is always happens, right? When they're bridging the gap between generations, but there's going to be a lot of people, the 120, 30, 40 million people are going to be on PS4 and they're going to want to play versions of those games and people are going to want to work on next gen versions and PC versions and Stadia, yeah, no, we, I guess. Like we give, you know, we give Rockstar crap for putting GTA 5 on everything, but like, can you blame them? Like that was a, yeah. undoubtedly a massively expensive, huge lift to try to make it happen. And then, you know, like you don't just want to kind of abandon and go back to the drawing board. Like I, I I don't know how long it's going to be before we see whatever CD Projekt Red's like next thing is. I would imagine it would be stuff in the existing framework of Cyberpunk 2077, whether that's, you know, the multiplayer component or, you know, more story DLC. Like we know both of those things are coming. But the thing that just like, what's their next project? You know, like, I mean, they announced they announced Cyberpunk before The Witcher 3 was even out. and cyberpunk still isn't even out so like i i can't help but feel sort of bad for them to be like oh boy we have to we have to up we have to top that once more like we have to outdo ourselves once again even though this thing took eight years and practically killed us like yeah well and it's like we know there's the multiplayer part of it that they're going to be working on coming out later who knows if there are like the the thing about the witcher 2 is it came out obviously was really beloved but they did a lot of post-work patching on that game not in addition to the dlc it was like was it the I forget if it was the movement or the combat because I wasn't playing at the time, but they did like an overhaul to one of the basic control functions of that game. And so it's they are a team that is committed to a game after it comes out. And so, yeah, I, I have no idea what the future of that company looks like after Cyberpunk, but we're still in the era where like this has been almost a nearly decade long era. I really I just really I, hope that the devs can like get a holiday break. Like, yeah, I, I hope if they can ship this thing on the 10th, I hope that everyone can just like just who's playing it if there's like bugs and stuff chill you know like maybe just have have a heart and just like ride it out you know come back to it january 10th or whatever and see how it is and i'm you know they're they're good for it like they've yeah we've seen them we've seen them post you know support a game after launch they've definitely proven that they're willing to support a game after launch sorry brian go ahead no i mean like this i don't think any game at this size or caliber in history has launched flawlessly like there's going to be weeks and months of supporting game breaking bugs and glitches that gamers find across every platform all over the world uh constantly so i don't know i don't i don't think they get a holiday break yeah it's it's definitely unfortunate we do our our thoughts are definitely with the devs who are only continuing to have to work hard uh for the launch of this game uh anyway yeah there's actually a a breaking news story i do want to briefly bring up to you guys i I don't know if you've seen um sony is saying uh, they're talking a little bit to uh reuters in tokyo about um the demand for ps5 ahead of launch and gave a statistic that as many ps5 consoles were pre-sold in the first 12 hours in the u.s as the first 12 weeks for the ps4 oh my god wow yeah so um obviously they had enough to meet that demand like the the 12 week pre-order portion we don't know what that number is obviously they're not saying but that that i think is a pretty good indicator of uh they're probably going to be pretty sold out at lunch (laughs) um (laughs) you know uh new shipments hopefully early in the new year but this is definitely a like pretty impressive uh out of the gate uh at least vague metric for where the ps5 stands um I think a big question that I have with regards to that is how much of that is is scalpers, because, you know, if there's one thing that people have learned over the course of these these console launches is that there's a lot of money to be made in that secondary market. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my big question about this whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, I, I 
I like it's it sucks that we don't really know what this launch is going to look like, like physically. You know, we we know what it looked like weeks ago when things sold out in seconds and they surprised released a bunch of systems into the wild. Um, but we don't know what it's going to look like on release date when people walk in the stores. Like how many how many actual units are these stores going to get? Like, are people going to go in and be like, oh, the physical version is all sold out. So you're stuck with the digital one for a whole generation because you want a PS5 today, like, you know, there's going to be a lot of like broken hearts that day. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're at a really interesting time for this, especially because of the way COVID has changed the buying process for all of this. Like, I do hope there are not many Black Friday lines, though. I'm sure there will be. But uh, Ryan gave the interesting quote to them. Uh, Jim Ryan, excuse me, not just a guy named Ryan, uh, and said, quote, it may well be that not everybody who wants to buy a PS5 on launch will be able to find one. So they're aware that there will be scarcity, but they are working to uh, increase supply or ensure supply for the year and shopping season. So there may be some available, obviously, beyond that, like frantic half day of pre-ordering but we'll have to mm -hmm. see um they he, also interestingly jim ryan did say that they did sort of confirm along the lines of things we've heard recently that they said uh they're looking to continue to grow its studio capability organically saying that where we can bolster our in-house capability uh dot 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 that might be possible so basically we're seeing a lot from Sony in this first year. I was kind of thinking back on it and like, I don't know if there's been a better first year for Sony overall first party wise, like granted 2018 with God of War and Spider-Man was phenomenal, but this year it's been last of us part two ghost of Tsushima dreams. Uh, the latest edition of MLB the show. Um, we are getting a new Spider-Man this year. There's demon souls, uh, Sackboy, which, you know, uh, published, but in tandem with Sony first party, it's a pretty solid year but we're already looking forward to ratchet and clank new god of war new gran turismo like they are busy and there's like a lot of playstation exclusives to look forward to it it, it feels like more than normal i don't know how I, you guys feel i like think that. they mm -hmm. as much as they want to still cater to the you know millions of people who are playing playing on ps4 i think they're like oh we need to incentivize getting a ps5 like we need to we need to put a little carrot in front of the horse there to get people to jump on this new platform yeah absolutely but, yeah um, it, go ahead I was just going to say it's it's impressive because you look at you look at this launch lineup compared to to prior uh, launch lineups of the of PlayStation. And it's it's like another level, man, <laughs> like getting getting Demon Souls at launch, Demon Souls remake, um, you know, the, the Sackboy game, a new a new Spider-Man, even if it's not a full a full, you know, full length Spider-Man game. Uh, this is this is a really good launch lineup. Uh, probably the the best I've seen PlayStation have in in quite a while, for sure. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people. I mean, obviously, we're in a very heated sort of console war period, and that on <laughs> that won't end for a long time. I've seen a lot of people sort of undermine like what that looks like right now, and because you know they're like, oh, Miles Morales is just DLC, and Demon Souls is just a remake. But um, like, I think there's going to be a really significant amount of weight to both of those games that we don't really get for most console launches launch games like we we i think a lot of people think that it's it's like we we always get mario 64s and breath of the wilds and we don't and even yeah. breath of the wild was cross-gen and mario 64 was like a literal not even once in a generation like once in a medium moment mm -hmm. um and so like if you look at most of the other launches for even immensely successful systems um including the ps4 they're never really that great and like I, you know i i will totally take you know, a 20 hour Miles Morales. And however, you know, I, I also, I've never played Demon Souls. So like, I'm completely biased here and you have Mitchell and you're still yeah. immensely excited for it. So, oh yeah. Like, and I think that, I think a lot of people haven't played Demon Souls because Demon Souls was, uh, you know, it, it was a little bit before its time. The, mm -hmm. the Souls series didn't explode in popularity until Dark Souls. And, uh, you know, Demon's Souls has always kind of been locked on the PS3. It's never, it's never really had a, and no one's really ever had an opportunity to play it unless they want to hook up a, you know, now two generation old system. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. very exciting. Like flip side also looking at, I mean, the series X is impressive and I think it's going to, it's inevitably going to get its, its first party stuff based on Microsoft's massive stable of new studios, but that is a ways off. So I imagine anybody who's like, I mean, especially right now, sitting at home being like, well, I was going to take a trip to see my family this holiday season, but uh, I don't want to do that. That seems desperately unsafe. Here's a thing that costs five hundred dollars. You know, maybe they didn't like a lot of people didn't play PS4. Like maybe you want to, you know, skip a beat this generation and be like, I guess I'll check out PS5. Anybody who like didn't play Spider-Man 2018 
that's a massively popular game with a beloved character. Like, I think a lot of people are going to jump on that and be like, you know, it's I haven't played it. It's new to me. Like, it's very easy to be like, oh, Miles Morales is like, you know, that's that's familiar territory. But like, yeah, I mean, not everyone played the first one, though. So like playing that on PS5, that's a new PS5 game, you know, it's also familiar territory for one of the most beloved games of the generation. So it's definitely not a bad place to be starting from. But yeah, Max, you're totally right in terms of like a lot of people may be coming to the PS5 who didn't have a PS4 because even though it was the market winner, you know, over 112 million units. Obviously, there's not there are people who didn't buy it and Sony wouldn't be thinking of those people um, if they weren't doing, you know, the PS Plus collection that's at launch. Like, obviously, that is designed for people who either were very selective about what they bought this generation or didn't have a PS4. And that is a pretty great way to catch up on what you missed and then also get you going with this new generation. So, yeah, it's. I, I, I'm with the, you guys there. I think it's a really exciting launch, especially compared to last time. I, we talked about this last week, but like we had Killzone Shadowfall, Knack, and Resogun, and Resogun's great, but that was it pretty much on the exclusive side. And th- this time we have Spider-Man and Demon Souls and Sackboy, and even if, yes, they are cross-gen, it'll be pretty cool to be able to play those games in the best quality possible there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I do want to move on from the news, though, just to briefly ask uh, for what we can talk about. What have you guys uh, been playing? Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. Um, I'm playing two games right now that I believe are under embargo, but I did play cool. a bunch of uh, Discworld. Do you guys know oh, yeah. this game? Yeah. Um, the Death of the Devolver game? Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's in. I think that's what it's called, right? Am I crazy? Uh, disc room. Disc room. Disc room. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Disc room is like an old science fiction. It's series, a novel series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I believe got turned into a video game at some point, most likely a point to adventure <laughs> from like weird old men. Uh, but uh, no, disc room is basically this uh, like sort of action puzzle game where you go from room to room inside this giant sort of top down old school Legend of Zelda style labyrinth. And each room has its own gimmick to it. And the entire point of this game, it's very simple in its concept, but like very smart in its execution, is to avoid getting sliced up by giant like saw, circular saws. And so um, by playing more and more and surviving longer, it's got a little bit of a Geometry Wars feel to it, where you start to unlock sort of like passive and aggressive moves that you can use to survive longer, like slowing down time, a quick dash that lets you cut through them without getting hurt. Um, but it's really smart in, in taking like a very single... Uh, concept and gameplay idea and sort of just exploding it and getting as much um, like out of it as possible. And I was not like even thinking about uh, picking up this game and I watched some let's plays of it and I was like, Oh, this actually looks like a goddamn blast. And I started playing it and it's super, super cool. Like you just kind of bounce from room to room, try to survive as long as you can try to beat your best time and best score and move on. It's like really simple. um, And it's, it's violent, but not, but cartoony. So like a pre it's not like they could have made a really realistic version of this game where i'd be like just aghast the entire time yeah. but um yeah check it out if you're looking for something like just kind of fun simple and arcadey to hold you over i think it's got like a little bit of zelda a little bit of uh geometry wards and, and a little bit of robotron in it so awesome good dna there sounds really cool uh max what about you Go to Mitchell first. He plays more games than me. Fair enough. Mitchell, what have you been playing? Slash, uh, we weren't able to have you on the, the week you put out uh, one of our 10s this year. So um, uh, what have you oh been God. playing? <laughs> I've been playing so much. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of stuff I can't I can't talk about. Um, I just wrapped up on Ghost Runner, which I, I reviewed. Um, so if, if you're not familiar, Ghost Runner is a really really fast uh melee based action game where all you have is a sword and if you're familiar with katana zero it's a very similar style of game where you know it's one touch one one kill for both you and for all your enemies and you're you're running along walls you're bouncing bullets back you're slowing down time and it's just super super fun if if you if you like the speed and uh frenetic action of doom eternal I think you will really, really love uh, Ghost Runner. So really, really enjoyed playing that. Um, still playing Splunky, which which was the 10 that you were alluding to. Uh, there's I, I've put probably probably about like 70 hours into that game at that at this point across multiple different uh, consoles and saves. Um, and there's still stuff that I'm discovering and still stuff that I haven't been able to get to. 
Um, so the the well of Splunky Two content is deep, <laughs> super super deep, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and of course Hades. Uh, I, yeah. I always play Hades before bed. Of course, yeah, I do the same. It's it's, it's like it's our, my bedtime story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely if you happen to have missed it or whatever, obviously, it's been a very busy fall. But if you happen to miss it, definitely go check out Mitchell's uh, great Spelunky 2 review, of which, of course, he gave it higher than a great uh, gave it a 10. But yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking that out. Either yeah, I was video written for. I was thinking, like, why haven't I been playing a ton of games? And then I remembered, oh, right. Spelunky 2 is out. And my wife has been taking over the TV and playing that <laughs> compulsively because like there's currently she got out her Vita and she's playing Spelunky 1 on that whenever I'm trying to watch something. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've been a weird, like, I've just been kind of in a, like, like I'm, I'm still chipping away at Yakuza three. I tried to jump back into dark souls and forgot how to play again. And I've just been like, I don't know. This has been a running theme this year where like the state of the world and the quarantine has made it hard to focus on anything, uh, including games. And I feel like I'm also kind of, um, kind of saving up for, for some of the big games this fall, you know, like I'm actually really, uh, stoked to jump into, uh assassin's creed valhalla which i did not expect but like based on the time i played with that i'm like this is kind of what i want like i want to get lost in the woods and just you know fight some wolves and dudes and <laughs> climb around and stuff yeah that that's definitely one the, especially now that we have at least one less massive game coming out in november is kind of one of those like oh yeah i can take my time now with valhalla when that comes out i'm, I'm looking forward to that one a lot as well um before we wrap up, I did want to bring up one memory card and I guess a small warning, a little bit uh, of uh, sadness uh, in this story, but I think a, a sweet memory with it as well. Uh, working on bringing it up because it, of course, just disappeared from my window. So if anyone would like to vamp for me, I would appreciate it. We're doing great so far. I think like with the fact that we all just dove on that opportunity to fill some air with with our voices, I think shows that we're prepared, optimistic, and ready. To, now I no, have no I don't idea. think there's anything wrong with a little bit of quiet now and then, just a little That's bit. That's true. You know? The world is a loud, noisy place. Really, I think it's important to, to just not even take a single second to let anything breathe whatsoever. I'm just, just, just going to put my PS5. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Quiet is nice sometimes. You it's know, so it's important. All this cross-talk in the world. To just have people constantly talking over each other, it's important to just have a little quiet. Memory card is our weekly segment where you, the viewers and listeners at home, write in with your wacky, weird, funny, sad, whatever memories of your PlayStation and gaming life in general. And we read those on the show. If you want to share one with us and thank you to everyone. I know it was a little while but, uh, since we've been doing these regularly, but thank you to everyone who's been sending them in. If you would like to send in a story and you haven't already, you can write into beyond at IGN.com. Please use the subject line memory card so I can find it more easily uh, than that, though. This was put that way. I just have too many of these to go through. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's been writing. In. It's been really great to read these. Uh, uh, this week comes from Dan from Minnesota. Dan wrote in uh, a, a week or so ago. So thank you, Dan. Apologies for a bit of the delay on this. But um, he wrote in and said, I had a really close personal friend of mine who passed away, unfortunately, a few years back. We grew up together and we always loved PlayStation. When my father got me a PlayStation 1, he also got Final Fantasy 7. My friend played nonstop almost every day, and we turned it into a tr tradition that every fall we would get together for a week, get snacks, and just completely play FF7 from start to finish. We did this for years until they passed in 2014. Uh, we were so excited for the remake of 7 that we were planning even to take some weeks off and beat both the original game and the new one back to back. Uh, obviously ff7 remake came out a little while after but now that it's fall i am still carrying out the tradition and i'll be playing final fantasy 7 from start to finish then directly heading into the remake this is my way of remembering my friend and all the fun times playstation has brought us i will always remember playing the remake for the first time and just bawling my eyes out from excitement and the fact that i couldn't experience this with my best friend but every fall i will continue this for the rest of my life uh, Dan from Minnesota. And uh, thank you, Dan, for sharing that. I, I uh, appreciate you being uh, so open with us, and we really appreciate it. Obviously, um, we're sorry, of course, to hear about uh, the passing of your friend a few years back, and that uh, you very happy, though, that you found a way to honor them uh, and continue a tradition that you both had started way back when and continue to do to this day. And I, I hope those playthroughs this fall um, helped bring a little bit of them back for you because I know what that can be like. So th thank you so much for writing in. Thank you to everyone who's been writing in. We've gotten a lot of funny, happy, sad, weird, a, a lot of really fun stories that we're going to be reading. But of course, if you want to share your memory card story, you can also, uh, as I said, write in to beyond at IGN.com and we'll share those on the show. You can also write in with uh, questions, concerns, comments, whatever. 
uh, we'll read some on the show. We'll Complaints. maybe not read some on the show. Complaints, um, grievances. quibbles. Yeah. Um, just an airing of grievances every December 23rd. Uh, but Riddles, yes, thank haikus, you. limericks. I'd take a riddle. Send me a riddle. I'll happily read it on the show. <laughs> right in with your best PlayStation riddle to beyond at IGN.com. Uh, but that is pretty much going to actually wrap us up for this episode of Beyond. Uh, thank you so much, Max, Brian, and Mitchell for joining me this week. Uh, anything to plug that you're working on or can talk about before we wrap up the show? He is the official mortal enemy of the PlayStation, but Max and I recently <laughs> unboxed some really cool Master Chief toys uh, from uh, Mega Constructs. Uh, they uh, are these awesome play sets we built together. We built the Warthog and some other stuff. We did a time-lapse video on Up at Noon, uh, and it came out super cool because we shot everything at home ourselves, all the B-roll, the time-lapse, overhead stuff, and it was it was great. It's uh, If you want to hear us talking about toys, even though they're about Halo, who is an Xbox man, then you can watch <laughs> it and enjoy it. Perfect. Uh, Max, anything else other than that unboxing as well? Yeah, what Brian said also, you know, we do up at noon every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific until further notice. And that always is up as a recording. You can go check that out. And we just we goof around, have a good time and talk about whatever it is that's been keeping us occupied. Um, I have a I, I think I said this last time we're, we've been doing a bunch of stuff that we don't know when the hell it goes up. I shot something. Part of the reason the green screens up, I got to shoot something about Yakuza. Involved this is part of the reason my hair is all grown out. I have a gold chain lying around here somewhere. I have this, I don't know, this maroon blazer. What could that possibly be for? Um, I, yeah. I saw you yesterday on camera, and I, I thought you 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 looked like Stu Pickles. <laughs> yeah, no, that that one where he's like, I've lost control of my life. That was definitely yeah. Washed my hair with honey by accident. <laughs> Uh, well, looking forward to that for sure. And Mitchell, anything else you want to plug? I know you mentioned the Ghost Runner review that people can go check out, but anything else? Uh, just keep an eye out on uh, IGN.com. A couple of really cool reviews coming. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can hit me up at uh, Jurassic Rabbit. I'm probably going to be streaming uh, PS5 stuff whenever I can. So keep an eye out for that. But who knows when that could be? Unfortunately, <laughs> Not you, but what you can look forward to is a new episode of Beyond every week, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, your favorite podcast services around the world. Otherwise, you can check out all of our stuff on IGN, youtube.com slash IGN, and all of our uh, social channels, of course. Uh, as Mitchell said, you can find him on Twitter at Jurassic Rabbit. Max is at Max Scoville. Brian is at Agent Bizzle, and I am at JM Dornbush. Thank you all so much for joining me for this week's episode. Thank you, as always, to Red, our producer, for making this show happen. And thank you to everyone out there watching and listening. Uh, we hope you're safe. We hope you're well. Be good to one another. And as always, beyond. Beyond. beyond.